0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Candid Coffee Podcast. This is episode five. It's already episode five, that's crazy. Um this episode I'm talking to my friend Harmon. He's a business guy doing business things. If you want to hear a little bit of entrepreneurial advice or the side of someone who is self-employed running their own business, um, give this podcast a listen and yeah see you in the episode there's a little bit of uh technical difficulties at the start but i left it in because supposed to be candid showing all my flaws including my editing flaws but uh anyway see you in the episode hello hello why hello Oh, you
1: somehow? I did, yes. Yes, I changed my name.
0: <laughs> Not now you could do that. Um, Okay, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm interviewing my friend, Harmon. Um, disclaimer, he made me write questions for this, which I typically don't do. Um, and why did you make me do that? Because you used to host a radio show. So, yeah. What was that all about? <laughs>
1: Yeah, once upon a time, uh, the radio show, uh, was titled Harmony and, uh, we did have podcasts and, uh, my friend Money, uh, Money Grotora, uh, she's Money and I'm Harmon. So we came together to make Harmony and, uh, <laughs> yeah, good times back in, uh, the college days of UFV, uh, we would, uh, uh, get on civil radio airwaves and, uh, and host a radio show so it was a good time we'd feature local artists and local businesses local events uh also we're we'll talking about some current affairs uh and a little bit of celebrity gossip as well actually in that uh in that fun little show we used to do back in the days
0: so i low-key just googled it um <laughs> when was your like last episode i can't Is it still out there
1: I would have to check. I know even after I moved on to BCIT, uh, the show kept running. Uh, there were a couple of, of, of young ladies running it, uh, Harpreet Parmar and then Gag and Lidrin, maybe in the other order than I just mentioned, but uh, they ran the show for us. So I know it did carry on for at least a couple of generations after I left. And it kind of just served as like a, um, like a little taste of the action for somebody who's uh, budding to get into the industry um but i don't know if it currently exists uh i would ha- i actually wish i had some of those podcasts uh, i wonder uh the station manager there his name is uh aaron levy so maybe i'll have to give aaron a shout and see if he can uh he can dig up some of those uh some of those old samples for us <laughs> cool
0: that is very random um yeah, so anyway, that's my disclaimer, because this is supposed to be candid coffee, so I guess it's not that candid if I have questions written up, but oh well. Um, so <laughs> why don't you, what do you want the listeners to know? Like usually I would introduce someone, or I feel like the host usually introduces someone, but what do you want people to know about you?
1: Crazy. Um. You know, I... Um... I never thought about it that way, and and me giving you questions was never meant to be to make it less candid or less formal. Um, I just feel like it, it's it's good for any podcast to have a little bit of format. So that's all I was I was trying to uh, to emphasize there. But when it comes to me, what's there to know? Um, you know, at at the end of the day, everything else is uh, all the accolades and all the the fancy titles that we all give ourselves are all kind of brushed to the side. Uh, you know when you're when you're on Candid and uh, when, and you're on with Justine, I think it's just it's just Harmon. I'm just uh, <laughs> it's just me. Uh, you know the business side is there. I also love to play hockey. I, I love cameras. I love photography. I love videography. So um, that's me.
0: Cool. Um, yeah. So I guess the reason I asked you on here was. Um half of it was like I feel like I was struggling personally with like well maybe with this whole covid thing but like just ambition and motivation and like that type of stuff and like that's something I've always admired you for so I was like hey he's like ambitious and maybe we'll talk about that it would be a great topic um but <laughs> yeah I guess getting into the questions um did you know that you were going to be a businessman growing up like <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think that uh that I've always kind of had it in my uh in my DNA. Uh growing up my dad was kind of like a serial entrepreneur. Uh so I kind of shadowed him around on on a lot of gigs mostly just as a helper, <laughs> free labor, child labor I think. But, um, but you learn a lot. Uh, you know, my dad, um, had a pressure washing business. Uh, he also, uh, did screen fittings for windows. He also had a satellite business and then, um, a a party rental business as well, which I actually went on to run for a couple of years afterwards. Um, so I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think even at a young age, like I was always, always just looking for a hustle, looking for things to, uh, to do that would, that would help me out and, and make a little bit of money. Whether that was, you know, selling firecrackers as a kid or, um, you know, finding some ways, whether it was my paper route when I was like 13 or working on the berry farms as a teenager. Um, I don't think there was ever, uh, really a doubt for me that I would be doing my own thing. I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing, but I did know that, um, that whatever I did, I was probably going to be doing it for myself.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like uh I think we've talked about this slightly before, but for me growing up, like yeah, my dad has a business, but it I don't know, for a long time it like turned me off almost watching that as I was growing up. Cause you see the behind the scenes, like the stress and everything. Um and yeah, I don't know. For me it kind of turned me off. I think I'm my opinion is definitely changing like now that I'm in the real world, but um, yeah, it seems like that kind of like did the opposite effect for you, like it just kind of like inspired you to kind of open up your own thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it just it gave me some of those some of those basic skills, I think just being comfortable in front of strangers and, and kind of all those situations that um, that I just kind of saw my dad kind of dealing with and, and working with and then um, and yeah, I, I think it, it's there's definitely, uh, you know, two sides to the coin uh when it comes to being an entrepreneur but um yeah for me i think definitely saw more positives than negatives uh in the early days watching dad do things
0: nice um and then yeah photography and videography um yeah where does that creative side kind of come from like you've got like the businessman and then it's like why photography and videography
1: Good question. <laughs> i uh, I didn't actually like I know these days, especially like the younger generation, um I think we're seeing more like a almost like a pure bred videographers and photographers who are, you know they're coming out of the gate, they're coming out of high school, and they're just they they know so much more than I did when I was that age. Um, I think at a younger uh, age, even up till maybe two years, even three years out of high school and into BCIT. I was um, I was still very very raw and very new to the actual world of photography and videography. Um, I, I got myself into the industry because I'm I'm a huge sports fan. Um, I've always been a, a massive sports fan. Uh, growing up, I used to tell my parents like, you know, if the Canucks would let me hold some of those some of those spare hockey sticks, like. I'll do it. <laughs> like, just, you know, mm-hmm. let me on there. Let me out there. I, I just want to be there. And I was probably one of the biggest uh, Canucks fans you'll ever meet, um, especially in the early days. Uh, so getting out of high school, I figured, you know what, like, I I think I want to be a broadcaster. And I uh, I started to kind of pursue that. And uh, that's what led me to, uh, to BCIT. Uh, and BCIT is, you know, those were some pretty key years in my life. You know, I moved out. And I was living on my own new city, new, uh, new people, uh, new program, very intense program at BCIT with, you know, eight classes a semester and practicums. And, uh, it, it's a crazy lifestyle change, but BCIT is where I really started to get my hands on cameras. Uh, I started learning about the broadcast world. And, and at that point, even, even at that point, like my focus was all about sports. I really just wanted to uh, to get into the sports industry and, and, I was lucky enough um, to have some really good connections and and actually get into sports uh, at a very young age. Uh, Just as soon as I was graduating uh, BCIT, um, I had secured a full-time job with the BC Lions. I was working for Sportsnet. I was working for TSN. I was doing pretty major events down at Rogers Arena, whether it was UFC or FIFA's in town or any kind of major sporting events, Whitecaps games, Canucks games, like, I was doing it um, and then I think it all kind of changed for me when I realized that it's not all about sports like I think what I what I really loved about sports and, and at that time I didn't realize this but um, I loved how it kind of brought people together I loved hanging out with my friends and my family watching hockey watching you know the Super Bowl whatever's on that day right just you know having something to do with it but I realized as I started working in, the, in that industry that, you know, you don't get to do that anymore. <laughs> like now if it's game time, like the game starts at 7 PM, but I'm at the rink at 9 AM. And, and we're starting to prep and run cables and, and actually work really hard. And, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sweat and, and, and tears that go into broadcast. So um, as much as I love broadcast, I think I will end up there one day to be totally honest with you. Maybe when, uh, when I'm retired, I'll go back to doing mm-hmm. Canucks games. Um, but, uh, but financially it just, it just wasn't very viable. It was, um, it wasn't something that you could, that you could actually do and and accomplish some of the things that I felt like I wanted to accomplish. Um, and then I just kind of took those skills that I had learned from BCIT and started applying them into more creative forms. Um, and then I think that creativity, at least in, in terms of videography and photography, that type of creative really started to kind of grow on its own on that like at that point and that probably wasn't until mm-hmm. 2014 2015 maybe um so it's, it's crazy because you know everyone would assume that man you must be making you know taking photos and videos since you were a kid but not exactly
0: yeah what's your kind of opinion on like the younger generation like so much self-taught photography and videography is that something that's comparable to getting like a formal education at BCIT or like what's your opinion on that it's um yeah it's really cool seeing what's happening out there these days like I don't know I'm I'm shocked at some of the stuff people can do but yeah what's your opinion on that
1: um you know they say at the end of it it's gonna sound a little corny now but you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? And and that's an extremely uh, true tale. So I mean, I care less about where you learned it from. I care more about how do you apply it, right? Um, there are very key uh, basic rules of photography and videography that, uh, and I say rules with air quotations, but um, you know, just rules and general principles that I think you can teach yourself. You can learn from BCIT. There, You can learn from YouTube. There's a whole bunch of ways you can learn those skills. Um, but then going out and applying them is another thing. Um, I think the biggest thing that, that that I really liked about BCIT that I took away from there was uh, just the discipline, uh, the professionalism, uh, the emphasis on, you know, high-end communication and commitment. Um, I think some of those intangibles that that BCIT was able to kind of instill in me, especially as being as young as I was getting into BCIT at at only, um, you know, 19 years old, excuse me, I felt like it it personally helped me uh, in just personal growth. And just um, that, you know, that sense of, uh, of professionalism is, I keep saying professionalism. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, But, uh, but, but that's, that's the biggest thing that I think BCIT helped me with when it comes to the technical skills, of course, you can learn those on YouTube, um but there's uh there's a lot more that goes into it than just the tech skills right like there's certain things uh certain experiences that until you know you have them until you're you're making those mistakes and until you're in the field uh you're just not going to learn them
0: yeah that's what i've kind of heard from people who've gone to bcit is i really like Teach you the kind of more of the real life stuff like how to conduct yourself like I guess in terms of like the professionalism um, mm-hmm. so yeah no that's really cool I think that's definitely missing everyone's just hitting each other up on Instagram now trying to <laughs> <you
1: know. laughs> well, that, that's not really it it's how you conduct yourself it's how you balance your time how you you know how, how do you act under pressure right like that's one of the things that BCIT will do to you in your very first semester is You know you got eight classes you got like 12 assignments due in like the end of like your third week in school and you're just like ready to pull your hair out and freak out like what am i gonna do but um Mm -hmm. but you know it's not necessarily the assignments that they care about (laughs) they've they've set it up because they want to know how you react under that kind of pressure um because being in business being in broadcast will put you it'll put you through some pretty intense pressure So. Um, I think that's, that's some of the best thing that you can uh, that you can gain from going to a school like BCIT, along with the connections, of course, right? Like most people can try to learn as much as they want their entire lives off of YouTube, but may never end up with a job working for Roger Sportsnet or Bell TSN, right? Um, versus mm-hmm. the connections that I was able to get out of BCIT, uh, they landed me a job with with some of those big names, uh, you know, within a year after graduating, just because of the relationships I had made with, uh, with some of my instructors and, uh, and colleagues.
0: Nice. Um, just going down my formal list of questions here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you find the people you surround yourself with have influenced your success? Um, I was just kind of, I don't know if you've heard that thing where, I don't know who said it, but the people, the five people you surround yourself with is like kind of what makes you. Have you heard that before?
1: Yeah, I have heard similar versions of that quote before. The one I personally use uh, a lot, you can find on my Twitter, I'm sure, is um, uh, you can't expect to soar with eagles if you surround yourself with turkeys. So... Mm -hmm. That's that's super important. I think everybody in your life plays a role in getting you to where you're you're wanting to go. Whether it's a big role or a small role, definitely depends on kind of how much interaction you have with that person. Um, but I owe uh, I owe a huge amount of any success that I've had and kind of any endeavor uh, to the people who have been there with me. And um, you know whether they're directly involved with the project or not. Um, whether it's just a form of, of hitting like and, and showing your support, whether it's the form of just uh, seeing me out at the, uh, you know, at the supermarket and saying hi or whatever, um, all those things, I think definitely compound into into a much bigger kind of aura of like positivity that I think helps, uh, helps you grow. Uh, and then obviously, you know, breaking it down in terms of the actual production and the actual work, like, uh, none of that is possible without the team, right? So uh, everybody has a role to play, everybody has shoes to fill and um, you know if if you if you don't have a strong team, uh, you can't go very far in, in today's day and world, today's day and age.
0: Yeah, know that's a totally good point. Um, did you have to uh, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, so um did you have to like drop people out of your life or did you have to like seek other people like like like-minded people out or yeah what was that kind of experience
1: well this is another plus for for a place like bcit over like youtube learning right um -hmm. i I was able to connect with a bunch of like-minded people uh people who were you know intelligent enough to get accepted into the program first off Um, but i also had two years with those people to to learn with them and to to kind of you know learn what they're all about and build relationships with them and uh, Taryn, who's uh, who's my business partner, uh, we we graduated from BCIT together, so so that's how uh, how we kind of met uh, and started doing you know these little random productions and um, and that we we kind of knew each other's skill sets going in you know I was kind of more of the talker. <laughs> Um, I was the one that could, uh, you know, talk to people, deal with people, and I could shoot, and I could, um, you know, really take care of some of the business end and some of the communication stuff, whereas... Uh, Schmoozing? He, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it, I guess. Uh, he's uh, he, he's very technical. Uh, he's very strong on the technical end. He's a very, very strong editor, um, and, uh, and he's, he's very good at uh, at a number of things that I'm not, so... <laughs> So we complement each other pretty well. And and so I think that's kind of where it started. It was when Taryn and I connected. And um, you know, he's kind of been one of the few constants, I would say. Uh there are lots of other people on the team that, you know, kind of come in and out and they kind of do their part. Um and um and that's pretty normal. Like, you know, people are gonna come and go out of your out of your kind of circle and and you just kind of, you know, roll with the punches
0: yeah um i mean you're a pretty chill guy but like how do you like does it ever get like how do you keep it professional or do you keep it professional or um (laughs) like being business partners with someone like i don't know how that would work like i i I know they always say don't go into business with family like i don't know what's your kind of opinions on that
1: yeah um it's It's definitely uh, you know has potential for disaster, right? So you definitely want to be uh, want to be careful um, and you want to uh, to make sure that you know all your bases are covered. But uh, in my experience, um, you won't have any problems as long as your expectations are clear. Um, nobody's disappointed, right? So uh, I, that's that's one of the things that i uh, I emphasize a lot is um, is just, you know, making sure that the communication is clear, everybody knows what they're getting, everybody knows what they're putting in, and everybody knows what's expected of them. Um, and responsibilities are clearly laid out, right? And and I think once that's done, I think you, you automatically, like, limit the potential for disaster by, like, 50%, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other 50% is the personalities that you're working with, right? Like, it's very important not to just, dive into those kind of things like i think you definitely want to get to know uh you know your potential business partner or or whoever it is uh and their personality like how are they under pressure uh what happens when they're overworked what happens when you know they, they they feel like you're not doing enough or they're unhappy with you you know is the other party somebody who's gonna you know, intelligently air out their grievances or are they somebody who's going to bottle it up and then explode? Like, you know, you got to have a little bit of an idea of how's that going to work? How's this going to, you know, develop and how are we going to work on issues and, and and when's the correct time to do that so that uh, everybody involved can, can look at those issues uh, in a constructive light uh, as opposed to, you know, kind of getting on that line of of uh of aggression and confrontation
0: yeah I mean it seems like common sense but um people definitely struggle with that everywhere I guess. Um <laughs> yeah, gotta put a lot of thought into stuff like that. Um and have you ever kind of been I use the word duped in my question, but like yeah, have you ever been like misled? um or anything like in this industry like having your own business like what were some of the mistakes that um you made during the beginning or like how do you kind of deal with that just starting out
1: good question um have i ever been duped i mean mostly by my own doings (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean i honestly nothing comes to mind like right off the bat but um it's, you know, they say like being an entrepreneur is like, it's like jumping off a cliff and then like learning how to build a parachute on your way down. So, you know, yeah. you're, bound to, you're bound to hit some trees and some rocks on the way down. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of learning that goes into it. I would say um, the one thing that might have helped me out a little bit, or maybe not helped me actually, was um, maybe working for somebody in this industry for a little bit longer than I, than I kind of did. Um, just to kind of learn a little bit more of the ins and outs of the industry um, so that when I got into it myself, I think things might have been a little bit easier for me, especially in the early going. Um, But, you know, at the same time, we didn't have that. So there was no precedent of, like, this is what's required. Um, Instead, we were able to kind of use our own imagination, use our own creativity, um, and make it however we wanted. So... I think there were some ups and downs to that, but yeah, I'm trying to think back about any other big dupes or mistakes that uh I wish we we would have done better on, but um nothing major comes to mind other than like you know minor operational things, um which you know were were not so much disasters or mistakes as they were um just refinement and little things that like once we did them we were like oh okay we can we can do this better
0: Mm -hmm. cool um okay i I don't know if it's a weird question but i feel like it's a realistic question um so okay you're in the wedding industry um i guess i would say mostly south asian weddings is that correct would that be sure yeah
1: that's fair yeah
0: okay um so i don't know there's like a lot of bargaining i guess in our culture um <laughs> how do you kind of like deal with that like when someone comes to you and then like you're trying to be professional you have the prices that you set and then like yeah what is that like I, that's i don't know it's kind of curious about that
1: yeah it's definitely one of my least favorite parts about this about this industry <laughs> um i think you know, unfortunately there is that kind of culture around Indian weddings still. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it does vary pretty big depending on who you talk to, right? Like I think the people of our generation who are, you know, first, second, third generation, excuse me, Canadians. Um, I think Can- Canadians get it. Like, you know, you, there's a price for a good and, and that's just what you pay and, and, and that's how it works. Um, so I think probably 70, 75% of my clients don't go that way. um, And I don't have to deal with any of that. Um, But yeah, there is that 20, 25% or that 30% of people who, who will, you know, just be looking for a discount all the time. Right. Um, It's it's a lot harder when, when you're, when you're first getting into the business. Um, But, you know, as you get a little bit more established, I think, you know, you, you gain a little more confidence in your own ability to, to sell that wedding date. Um, so, you know, in today's day and age, like there really isn't any negotiation involved, like uh, the rates are, are what they are. Uh, there's negotiation involved in terms of, you know, sometimes you have to fit into a budget and then you're kind of, you know, doing a little bit of give and take to see, you know, what they want to give up versus what they want to keep um but in in most cases like it's it's pretty it's pretty upfront. uh we're pretty honest with our with our pricing and, and and with what we put into it uh weddings are the type of industry where like you know you, you really wouldn't want to cut corners right like would you really want somebody to be cutting corners on something as important as like wedding photography and videography like you know it's it's yeah. it's, it's crazy but People, you know, don't always see it that way. Like the prices are set for that re- uh, for that way for a reason. So um, I think once you explain it that way to people, and you kind of tell them, like, hey, you know what? Like I understand you want an extra five hundred bucks off. Um, you know, I'm sitting in a sales situation. I've already invested, you know, all these hours into explaining the product and sitting with you and talking with you. Now I really don't want to lose the sale. So you know, mm-hmm. are you just are you just going to take a five hundred dollar hit because the reality is that's not how businesses work, right? Like, you're not just going to, you know, lose $500 and do, you know, a month and a half worth of work for a client. Like, you just, you just can't do that sustainably. So, um, you know, what I explained to the clients is, you know, that money has to go out somewhere, right? Um, whether that means hiring a, a more inexperienced shooter who's going to fit the bill a little bit more, who's going to be a little bit cheaper, whether that means using... Buying cheaper equipment, whether that means, um, you know, not getting you, you know, the high quality USBs, S- somewhere along the way, something has to give, right? Um, so that's kind of the way I try to explain it to people. You get in what you put out at the end of the day, right? You get out what you put in oh, I say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, um, you kind of touched on confidence there like building up enough confidence to kind of you know be like okay this is what I'm the price that I'm worth kind of thing especially when you're first starting out did you feel like a shift with your business when you kind of got like past that like you know when you're kind of starting out you know maybe confidence isn't as high Um, did you I don't know do you get to a point where you're like okay no this is what I'm worth this is like this is what my prices are. This is what I'm doing. Like, do you remember when that happened, or like what that was like?
1: I think it happens over time. Um, I think it comes with brand recognition. Um, it comes with um, it comes with compliments. <laughs> to be honest, um, <laughs> it comes with with all those all those little votes of confidence that you get. Every happy client, excuse me, um, those kind of things factor into it. But I think ultimately, at least in my brain, like I'm a very logic powered kind of guy. Like if things are logical, they make sense. And that's just the way I work. So for me, it was like, it was always about the volume of leads. Now, you know, when we first started, like we'd maybe get five inquiries in a month, right? Like maybe four or five people reaching out to us in a month being like, Hey, like, are you guys available for my wedding dates or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward, like we get hundreds of inquiries in a month now and i think that's where it really happened for me like when i started to see how much interest there was in booking us um immediately it's like well you know you're not so you're not chasing after the sale you're not desperate anymore uh you don't have anything to prove um i mean that's that's not fair to say it's not that you don't have anything to prove i think i think you're only as good as your last gig and you have you always have something to prove in this industry um but but that's kind of the way the mentality changes, right? It's just kind of like, you know, that's okay if, if in this particular case, we don't fit in this particular client's budget. Uh, you just got to cut your losses and, and move on. Um, and, and, and you know, the next client uh, will hopefully. <laughs> so it's kind of the risk you take, but um, but yeah, it, it comes with time.
0: Hmm, I'm just thinking about like, you're saying kind of at the start, you mentioned the word desperate. Um, I don't know if this is your thing, but do you kind of believe like the mentality that you have, or, like what you're kind of putting out there into the universe and all that stuff, like um, approaching it from like, a, okay, we need this versus um, more of like, what's the opposite of desperate, like more of like a do you know what I'm trying to say? Like having the attitude of like, okay, we're like kind of, we need clients. We need this, like, yeah, like desperation kind of, of side.
1: kind of indifferent. You're like, you know what? We get it. We get it. We don't, we don't. Right. Mm. Um, it, it, it's hard for sure. It's, it's, it's something I still struggle with, I think, because, uh, you know, some certain sales, you, you just really want them. You're like, no, I really want to do this project. And then uh, once you get to that position, then I think you're in a losing situation from negotiations standpoint. Um, yeah but you know the, it comes with confidence like you have to, you can't undervalue the um, you know the experience that you're going to gain from doing that so so I think yeah it's it's not it's not so much about being desperate but I think it's about knowing what you have as well right um, and you know when when you've been around kind of you know for four or five years now like we have like you have a pretty good understanding of who your competitors are you have a pretty good understanding of what the industry is like and what the uh, what the climate is like for this potential client, um, and you and you just gotta stick by your guns and and, uh, and and sometimes you just gotta wait it out.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, so with owning your own business and like this whole covid thing going on um like i'm sure you probably already know like you have a business you have to be adaptable but like what has kind of happened with you guys during covid like i know some weddings are still going on or like yeah how does that how does that work
1: uh it's it's been a little crazy uh (laughs) pretty pretty obviously unexpected and uh, there's all those, you know, it's an unprecedented time and all those cliche COVID things that people will say during COVID and, um, you know, all those are great, but at the end of the day, you got to adapt, you got to stand by your people, you got to support your people um, and that's, that's what we've been doing our best to do is just um, help our clients out, uh, try to stay on top of communication and making sure that they're all well taken care of. Um, people who have had to cancel, we've definitely been, you know, postponing dates and rescheduling and and working with people to to solve problems and come up with solutions and resolutions. in the case where where things don't work out, so it's been hectic. It's been wild. Um, it's it's basically meant like every single deal I closed for 2020, I've basically had to like redo it, <laughs> like renegotiate Damn. it, re rebuild the package. Like, so from an admin point of view, like it's been a nightmare. Um, but you know, like anything, I think you gotta look at the silver lining. Um, uh, weddings are slowly opening up again and they're a lot smaller, which uh, I'm really appreciating. It's been, it's been a lot, uh, a lot more fun, uh, to be able to actually have a little bit of a relationship with all the guests at a party. Um, And I think people have been enjoying the intimate weddings a little bit more than than you might think. So uh, there's been ups and downs. It's been a little bit crazy for editors who have been transitioning to working from home. Um, Took us some time to invest in the software and set up our machines so that everybody could work from home. But now now that it's rolling, uh, it's not so bad. And my team gets to save a whole bunch of time in driving uh, because they don't have to... um, you don't have to drive to the office every day.
0: Yeah, so I guess there's, like, some things coming, good things coming out of it. So I guess that's cool. Um, and then also I feel like, I don't know, personally, I don't want a big wedding. So COVID would be, like, I mean, my parents are pretty chill in terms of, uh, like, they're pretty, want, like, an intimate wedding. But, like, just I feel like in our generation, like big weddings are the thing like bigger the better so for all the couples out there who secretly wanted small weddings like I guess it's a blessing for them um but yeah I'm kind of like out of questions is there (laughs) oh one thing I wanted to ask um what advice would you give to people who are like newer to opening up their own business whether it's like photography or I don't know, online fitness app or uh, just like whatever it is, like what's your kind of, what's your advice that you give someone, new entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, Number one advice I can give you, and this is something that is so underrated. Nobody ever likes to talk about it anymore because it's like this YouTube era, the age of information where people think that they can just learn anything in in no time and and be off and doing business. Um, Rule number one, um, make a business plan, write a formal business plan, uh, figure out how to write it, figure out what it should include, what kind of things it should be and, and write it and and just have that. And I think that will serve as like the backbone of your business as you grow and as you expand. Right. Uh, and then the next thing, uh, I would recommend to all the young entrepreneurs out there who are still figuring out what they want to do is watch Dragons Den like how amazing like i don't i hope you guys know what dragon's den is but um watch dragon's den i you know if it was me i fell. i started i discovered dragon's den when i was in grade 12 and i fell in love with that show and i to this day watch every episode i'm now getting into shark tank as well which is uh, the exact same thing it's the american version um so it's it's great watch dragon's den you'll learn so much about other fellow entrepreneurs Um, and you also learn lots um, you learn lots about um, other businesses and and how they learn and lots from the very successful entrepreneurs who who sit in the den who have accomplished uh, a lot of the things that you're probably setting out to do right now so check out the den make a business plan (laughs) boom (laughs) step one
0: yeah dragon's den shark tank that's like what we watch, um, as a family, like my dad's all about it. And, um, I think like, it's interesting watching people who have their own businesses, like just even like day-to-day life stuff. Um, it's almost like you're seeing stuff in a different lens. Like my dad's always like, anytime there's a building that's for lease or whatever, he's like, Oh, this would make a great gym or, Oh, this could be a great business here and there. It's like, does that, do you find yourself doing that? Like just constantly like getting inspired by stuff like that?
1: yeah i think it's 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 one of those things where you know accomplishment and um you know achievement of any kind just it it sounds like a ripple of inspiration out to everybody right um at least those that are kind of on the right mindset on the right wavelength right um you know personally when i see somebody else's success or see an opportunity or you know we have a vision um i think those are those are key traits for any entrepreneur to have so if you have them, that's good. Now you know, you just go, you know, slowly hone them in, and before you know it, you know, those visions can uh, turn into reality. Before
0: you know it, you're a dragon on dragon's Den.
1: That'd be the dream. That'd be pretty cool, but it might be a few years away from that. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Anything else? I don't know. I don't really got any more questions. Kind of like mostly wanting to talk about like, yeah, the ambition side of things. Like it's, it's nice hearing your perspective. Actually, I don't think I've heard this much perspective on the business side of things from you. Um, but yeah, anything else you want people to know?
1: No, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I'm just, uh, just a regular dude just running some business. <laughs> so Hopefully uh, people found something, uh, of, of worthiness to gain from, uh, from this and, uh, you know, I'm always here to, to help out any fellow young entrepreneurs and anybody looking to, you know, get started or whatever. I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, to be a resource and, and to give back and help out in any way I can. So, you know, I just encourage people to take that first step and, and you know, go for it.
0: Cool. And this is a part where... Uh, you can kind of plug your businesses, follow them on Instagram. Vasaria, Vasari <laughs> Media Group and Captivator's Content. That's
1: What's correct. your Instagram handles?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, no, those are the handles. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't given myself a shameless plug yet at this point because normally I'm all about that. But, uh, you know, that, those, are, those are definitely the two channels. we got Vasari Media Group. Uh, that is our wedding brand. That is the OG original company name. Uh, and now we've got captivators content creation it's captivators content on instagram uh where we'll be sharing all of our corporate work that we do and we have been doing for the last couple of years now
0: cool everyone go follow them they have cool instagram stories um yeah other than that uh thanks for listening and see you guys the next episode
1: thank you bye